Hey everyone and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Merle. So honored and blessed you're taking out the time to join us again today. Wherever you find yourself in the world, man, grab a pen, a pad, take out time. Unless you're driving, of course, then by all means, you know, both hands on the wheel at, at uh, the appropriate times. What is it, 10 and 2? I don't remember now. It's been a while since driving school, ladies and gentlemen. But I tell you, the Spirit of God has something good for us uh, in this podcast. And I'm excited. I'm thrilled, really, to be a part and to have a place where God has given me this room to talk about things that are going on in the world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and to remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. And uh, that's what that's what the purpose of the podcast is. And uh, I'm so excited and I'm so glad that you are taking out the time to be a part of this and wherever you find yourself in the world. Thank you so much for clicking play on another episode of the Greater Than Podcast. First John 4, 4 is what this podcast is all about. You guys who've been listening to this podcast faithfully, you know what it's says you know what it's about and even if you haven't listened to the podcast all that often uh, if you're a believer i'm pretty sure you you know what first john 4 4 says it says you are of god little children you've already overcome them for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world okay today oh, i'm excited you see the title the title of the podcast is no justice no peace no justice no peace uh, we're going to dig into this. And of course, no justice, no peace is a political slogan that originated during protest against uh, acts of violence against uh, African-Americans. And uh, the slogan was used as early as 1986 uh, from from the research that I was able to do uh, following the killing of Michael Griffin, um, Michael Griffin by a mob of white youths. And so this slogan came no justice no peace that's where it kind of became popular i'm uh, it may have popped up somewhere else you know down the road but it's, it's early it's, it goes as early as 1986 from my personal research and um i want to talk about this because i want to talk about this idea from a biblical perspective that's what the podcast is about so we shouldn't be surprised when we do these things so let's pray we're going to jump right on into this father god we ask you to reveal to us by your spirit this idea of justice and peace father we we yield to you and to the work of the, and the help of the holy spirit to speak beyond us is the very oracles of god we say every ear is anointed to hear eyes are anointed to see hearts are anointed to understand who we are in jesus who he is in us the plan of redemption we thank you for that plan and we thank you that the word of god has the answer we give you praise for all this in jesus name amen now listen guys i don't know everything i know that's a shock some of y'all fell out right then you mean you do no i don't that's the first thing i want to preface this podcast by episode by saying that uh i don't know everything I just got done watching The Mask, man, with Jim Carrey. Listen, I, I, I don't know everything. And I'll prove God will use anybody, man. I'm telling you, whatever God's called you to do, if, if you can glean anything from this ministry, from Merle Ministries International, from the from these arms of ministry that the, the ministry has now, what you can glean from it is the simple fact that God will use anybody. I mean, listen, I snore. I, I tell you, God will use anybody. If he uses me, I mean, I, I'm surprised he uses me, man. I snore. I snore loudly. <laughs> oh, it's so good to be free where you can admit stuff, man, and not even give a care what people think. It's a freeing thing being saved and being in the beloved. Oh, I tell you. 
I just got done watching The Mask, bro. Well, not done. I, I stopped it midway because uh, I, I like to have something playing when I'm studying. Oh, some people aren't going to like this either. Uh, I, I like to have something playing when I study. That's me personally, right? I'm not saying that's how you do it, but that's how I do So I had The Mask playing in the background while I was studying. I'll tell you, it was smoking too. But we're going to talk about No Justice, No Peace. I don't know how I got into all of that. I, don't, I guess the, the point is uh, God can use anybody is what I'm saying. Uh, he just needs a yielded vessel who will humble themselves and say, God, take my life and do something with it. John 4, 14, 27 is where we're going to start. New King James, here we go. Peace, Jesus says, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Weymouth translation says it like this. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I give to you. Watch this. It is not as the world gives its greeting that I give you peace. <laughs> Let not your hearts be troubled or dismayed. Let me run it back. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I give to you. It is not as the world gives its greetings that I give you peace. Why does he say it like this? Because peace, of course, is the word shalom. And in that time and in that culture, that's how you greeted one another. Shalom. That's basically saying hello and goodbye in a way. And Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my peace. And he's saying, I'm not giving it to you as the world gives a greeting. <laughs> there's some power. There's some umph behind this is what he's saying. He says here that he leaves. Well, here's what we got to remember. Jesus leaves peace as the legacy. He will leave them as a legacy, the gift of peace. And this peace is more than a meaningless sound or, or, or a true wish. You know, he, he repeats it with the emphatic, my, my peace. He speaks of it as an actual possession, which he imparts to them. Peace on earth was the angel's message when they announced his birth. And then we see when Jesus uh, comes back after being resurrected from the dead, peace to you was his own greeting when he returned victorious from the grave. The Bible says in Colossians that Jesus is our peace. What an amazing thought. What a revelation. Jesus is our peace. The Amplified Bible says it like this. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I give and, be and bequeath to you. When's the last time y'all used the word bequeath? I'm telling you, baby, we ought to bring that back into our into our um, vocabulary. Bequeath. I bequeath you this sandwich. I, be I bequeath you this Chick-fil-A reward that I've got just because you're my friend. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Oh, I'll tell you, we're going to have fun. I can tell already. Neither let them be afraid. Stop. Watch this. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Passion Translation, God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, peace is actually power. Uh oh. <laughs> the power to be courageous when you could be fearful. The power to remain calm when you should be uh, irritated, when you should be agitated. The power 
to do these things, but it's the power to be courageous. Uh, seeking peace is point number one. You guys know I like to do three points. We're just moving right along because there's a lot of ground I need to cover in a short period of time. Point number one, seek peace. Peace is power. It's the power to be courageous when you should be fearful by the world's standard. Everything in the kingdom is, is reversed to what it is in the world. And God got it right. Spoiler alert. God's right. The world is wrong. If it's contrary to what he's saying. Every day of the week. Point number one. Here's what we must do. We seek peace. As believers, we seek peace. Uh, I'm not talking to everybody, right? I'm not talking to all groups. I'm talking to those who name the name of the Lord, Jesus. I'm talking to believers. I'm not talking to, to certain camps. So although I come and, I, and I've been around certain camps, I don't have anything like that on my mind. I want to talk to believers, people who have who genuinely believe the word, whether you're Method, Methodist or, or whether you find yourself being among the, the charismatics, people who have a value for the word. That's who this podcast is for. Those who value and esteem the word in the proper context of what's being said. For us who believe, number one, point number one, we seek peace. No justice, no peace is the title of the podcast. First Peter 3.11, we're going to jump right in, and it says here, New King James, unless I tell you differently, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Uh, he said, who is he who, who would love life and, and, and see length, length of days? And he's talking about a list of these people who will see a long life. The people who see a long life, they turn away from evil and do good. They seek peace and pursue it. Uh, the New Living Translation says it like this. They search for peace. Excuse me there. They search for peace and work to maintain it. It says, let him eschew evil. Of course, this is, this is yet another word that we should bring back to our vocabulary, right? Uh, eschew evil. <laughs> eschew. Anyway, I'm not going to make that joke. Eschew evil literally means to swerve out of the way from evil. It's swerving out of the way. We're not going to go down the path of evil. Uh, Luke one seventy one says that Jesus has come to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of uh, the shadow of death. Those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet. Watch this into the, the way of of peace. Jesus comes to guide our feet into the way of peace. The Amplified Classic says to direct and guide our feet in a straight line into the way of peace. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. We're just going to rattle off scripture here. Uh, strap in, hang on, enjoy, take your time, pause the podcast, but I'm just going to go because I'm not trying to keep you guys super long. It says, pursue peace with all people in holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest any fall short of the grace of God. Watch this. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this many be defiled. Here's what we've got to watch about these things. These slogans, these political slogans and things of that nature and we want to be a part of a change. Once, once again, I'm not, I'm not saying when I say seek peace, just sit on your hands and do nothing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this doesn't even describe the disciples 
uh, accurately. The disciples, once they received this peace, once they received the Holy Spirit, uh, the, 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 the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, Romans tells us, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy found in the Holy Spirit, in Holy Spirit. So when the disciples received Holy Spirit, they didn't cower. They weren't uh, skittish, they were more bold than ever. So I'm not saying about what when it comes to these things where race uh, is concerned that we are to hide under a rock, we're to sweep it under the proverbial rug. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we walk and we deal with it in peace. Woo! In shalom. Uh, nothing missing, nothing broken. We want to deal with this and walk this path in the way of peace. Hebrews says here to watch for a root of bitterness. That's what we got to watch for. We've got to watch for that our righteous indignation does not become bitterness. A root of bitterness signifies a poisonous plant in Jewish writings. It's an error. It's also heresy uh, in opposition to a root of faith or a fundamental doctrine. And it says that this can trouble you. Uh, this alludes to the effects of poison taken into the body because the root of bitterness signifies a poisonous plant. And for it to trouble you is for you to feel the effects of the poison. Uh, you've heard this before if you've grown up around uh, these type of things in church or grown up around people with a philosophical mindset. You may have heard this before. Bitterness is like you drinking poison and expecting the other person that you're bitter toward to die. Uh, that's that's what it is. But you're the one who's drinking the poison. You're the one who has taken it into your body. You're the one who will die from it, who will feel the effects of it. So point number one, we seek peace. We seek the way of peace. Hebrews 12 and then the, the first verse here in 14 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Oh, we're going to talk about holiness on the podcast, man. I keep, I've teased it before, I believe, but we're going to get to it. All right. We're going to get to it. Uh, point number two here. We're talking about seeking peace. Now, point number two is live peaceably. He uh, Romans 12, 17 through 18 says, repay no one evil for evil. Come on now. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceable with all men. That's what it says. As much as it depends on you, live peaceable with all men. We've got to watch with this whole movement of that's been going on since the eighties. No justice, no peace. Uh, I, I'm going somewhere. That's what I'll say. I'm going somewhere. I know I may seem like I'm off topic, but once again, <laughs> it's going to sound backwards. What I say, because it's because the word of God is backwards to what the world says. No justice, no peace, but the, the Bible talks about peace and living peaceable and following the path and way of peace. I'm not talking about being a silent monk. I'm not talking, nothing against monks, by the way. I'm not talking about you being a chicken, you being afraid to speak up against injustices. That's not what I'm talking about. Real peace brings with it courage 
the courage to go forth and to make a change, the courage to speak out about things. What I am looking at here is how does God view no justice, no peace uh, in revelation to his word. He says here, repay no one evil for evil, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If possible, as much as depends on you live peaceably with all men. And I can't read this without thinking about Pastor William Gibbons, who shared during during a spirit wind conference. He he talked about this briefly, living peaceably with all men. Man, what a great time we had. Uh, we've got podcasts. If you'll scroll down, scroll down on the podcast list and you can find that message. No offense. And you can find that's the name of the message. No offense. And you can find all the messages from spirit wind conference just by scrolling down to previous episodes. It's a conference we did in Atlanta. The spirit of God met us and it was a powerful time. But as much as depends on you, he says, live peaceably with all men. Skip on down here. Well, let's keep going. Verse 18 here. uh, Live peaceably with all men. Verse 19. Behold, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, man, you tell him that's what you deserve. We're talking about the enemy now. We're talking about the enemy, which would be where this is concerned, the people who killed Michael Griffin, if we're going back into the 80s when this came about. We're talking about enemies. We're not talk- when we're talking about enemies, we're not talking about people with Twitter fingers. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about enemies is what Paul is talking about. People who are out to do you physical harm. That's who he's talking about. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Here's the point. Verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We're going to look at an example here in a few minutes of a man who was overcome by evil. And not he did not overcome evil with good. And because of that, because of him allowing a root of bitterness to spring up, many were troubled. We're going to get and we're going to look at that and we're going to see that here in a moment. But he says here, give place to wrath. Um, Give place literally is to give room for it. Talking about the wrath of God to work. Do not get in its way. Uh, You will as as you will will do by taking vengeance into your own hands to take vengeance into our own hands is to get in the way of God's wrath. Now, um. God waits that he may be gracious. I'm not I'm not billing and 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 promoting God as this vengeful uh, being. Uh, That's not what I'm saying. God doesn't desire that anybody would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And it's the goodness of the Lord that draws and leads men to repentance. And he's telling you to be good to this person. Why is he telling you to be good to that person who's your enemy so that they can recover themselves? so that they can come to repentance. But if you take vengeance yourself, you've immediately made it so that God's hand is, is taken away. And we're going to see that at the end of this podcast. If you try to avenge yourself, you're not giving place to God's wrath. You're not giving place for God to, to, inter- to intervene in your situation. 
He says, avenge not yourselves. He's commanded them there not to avenge themselves. This means we're not to take things out of the hands of God or out of the hands of the law, because later on in Romans 13, he starts talking about the governmental powers and how we are to submit to them. That's what he goes on to talk about. He's saying you, you got you've got soldiers, you've got these different people, you've got judges, you've got priests, you've got all these different uh, courts that you can go to. He said, don't take vengeance out on yourself. Don't do it for yourself. Because as soon as you do that, you immediately remove God's hand to intervene in your life. But what are we supposed to do then meantime when injustice is going on? When there's people taking advantage, when there's people who are your enemy. And in the time of Rome, you were an enemy of Rome if you were simply born again. You were an enemy of Rome if you were not a Roman. There was racism. There was things of that nature. How does Paul tell them to react? Oh, protest. <laughs> March. Do, do some marches. Nothing against that. There's nothing against that whatsoever. What I'm saying is I want to attack this from a higher dimension. I want to attack it in the realm of the spirit. Now, let's look at this real quick. The way to respond, he said, is in peace. To live peaceable with all men, as much as lies with you, as much as depends on you, because there are going to be some people who are just going to be jerks. But he says, as much as it depends on you, live peaceable with all men. Leviticus 19, 17 through 18 says this. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. Uh, we have we have allowed sin to creep in because of what our neighbor did to us. And God's like, don't bear sin because of the stupidity of your neighbor. Don't bear sin because someone else did you wrong. Don't respond that way. We are to respond differently. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. We don't re we don't reward evil for evil. There's not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth anymore. And that was always God's plan to get us to this place. But let's look at a, an instance where a man took justice into his own hand, air quotes, uh, into his own hands and how that root by allowing a root of bitterness to spring up and many being defiled in the process and him losing his life at the end of, of his story. I did a podcast called is masturbation a sin. Oh my goodness. What a podcast that one was. And on that podcast, I talked about the story of Amnon and Tamar, how Amnon was lovesick for Tamar, and he allowed culture to give him advice on what to do instead of seeking godly counsel. He went to culture. I'm not going to touch on all that. I talk about that on that podcast. So if you want to hear my uh, thoughts from from the scriptures where that's concerned, go back to is masturbation a sin that particular podcast. But the aftermath of this, Absalom, who is the biological, who's who's the brother of Tamar, of course, Amnon was the half brother of Tamar, but Absalom, the brother of Tamar, speaks up in in Second Samuel thirteen. 22 through 33, and Absalom spoke to his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. He hated him 
There was a root of bitterness. How long did this root of bitterness grow? How long did it grow? It says, and it came to pass, watch this, after two full years. Ladies and gentlemen, you give, you give, you give yourself two years here of yielding to the wrong thing. What can happen? That root of bitterness can grow and develop. Now, did Amnon do something horrid? Yes. Should it have been judged? Should David have done something where this was concerned? Yes. Why didn't he? Well, Amnon was his oldest son, his eldest son and the heir to the throne. He didn't want to do, he didn't want to do anything to the heir of his throne. And it was David's mistake for not taking care of it, for not doing something. It was, it was David's mistake there, but Absalom made a mistake too in yielding to bitterness and letting that root of bitterness grow and fester where his sister was concerned. After two years, Absalom had sheep shearers and that in that particular place, I'm not going to try to name that, which were near uh, Ephraim. So Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then Absalom came to the king and said, kindly note your servant has sheep shearers, please. Let the king and his servants go with your servant. And the king David said to Absalom, No, my son, let us not all go now, lest we be a burden to you. Then he urged him, but he would not go, and he blessed him. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him, so he let Amnon. And all the king's sons go with him. Oh, my goodness. Keep reading here. Now, Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Watch now when Amnon's heart is merry with wine when he's drunk. And I say to you, strike Amnon, then kill him. Do not be afraid. Have I not commanded you? Watch this. Be courageous and be vigilant and valiant. He's telling him, be, be courageous, be men of valor. Why? Because Absalom has gotten to a place where he's thinking in his heart and mind, this has been festered for two years. This is something he's taking vengeance into his own hands. Absalom is thinking, David's not doing anything, so I'll do something. Matter of fact, that's a, that's a, a theme with Absalom as we travel his story. He, he, he's always doing this, man. Oh, David won't do it. Then I'll do something about it. Dad won't do anything about it. Well, I'll do something about it. He's got this Thanos approach. He says, fine. I'll do it myself. What is, what is Absalom saying here? Man, listen, no justice, <laughs> no peace. And this is, and then, like I said, I, I, I'm not against standing for what's right. I'm not against that. Peace is not cowardice. Peace is actually the ability to be courageous when you should be ca cowardice. So I'm not saying, oh, let's just be peaceable. Let's get rid of all the guns that you got, that you got your guns and things. Let's just get rid of all. If we got rid of all the guns, if we got rid of all the armies, there'd be another flag flying in the air. And you and I will be learning a different language. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying to, to, to sit around, twiddle your thumbs. What I'm saying is give place to wrath. <laughs> the wrath of God. Don't take manner, ma matters into your own hands. He's telling them to be courageous, to be valiant. 
So the service of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose. Man, this is like a scene out of Game of Thrones, man. This is like, man, Game of Thrones ain't got nothing on David's life. I'm telling you, man, if David's life was made into a TV, a mini TV series, right? I'm telling you what, man, this would be, it has to be on HBO. There's some graphic stuff that happens where David's concerned. It's got all the tropes, man. It's got it's got romance. It's got it's got violence. It's got blood. It's got gore. It's got sex. It's got all of the stuff that HBO would just love, man. That's that's David's life. That's what happens in, in, with the things that where David's concerned. <laughs> oh, I tell you, man, this is like a Game of Thrones scene. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna strike him down. We're gonna kill him. And it says all the king's sons arose and each one got on his um, mule and fled. And it came to pass that while they were on the way, the news came to David saying Absalom had ki- has killed all the king's son, which is not which is not true. He just killed um, Amnon. And later on, it says that it's revealed that it was only Amnon who was dead. So Absalom had determined from the day that he forced his sister to mar. That's what the Bible says here for by the command of Absalom, this has been determined from the day that he forced his sister to mar. Absalom had this thought and this idea from the very day that his sister was raped, which was not right, which was not just. So Absalom said, man, no justice, no peace. I know some people aren't going to like it, you got to stay with me, though. I'm not talking about being cowardice. What I'm saying is I want to identify spirits behind things because the enemy would want your right. your and my righteous indignation where racism and other things are concerned to turn into bitterness. To turn into bitterness. So Absalom kills Amnon because of what he did to his sister. It was a root of bitterness. He didn't allow God to come in and to avenge. He did it himself out of a root of bitterness. Second Samuel 16, then, as we begin to wrap this up, second Samuel 16, 20 through 22. Absalom has, has kicked David out. There's this whole uproar that's going. He's, he's come in and he's been deceitful. And, and he was the fan favorite, the crowd favorite, because of what I said earlier, where David said he, he wasn't going to do anything about it. So Absalom said, I'll take it on myself. Why don't you guys come to me and I'll let you know. Uh, Absalom is a manipulator. Absalom is disrespectful. Absalom has no honor in him because all going back to a root of bitterness. That developed over two full years. And he acted on that root of bitterness and many were defiled. He was bitter because there was no justice where it was concerned with Amnon raping his sister. Second Samuel 16, 20. Absalom said to Ahith, to, to um, what in the world is that name? To Ahithophel? That's what I'm going to call him. Y'all go read it yourself. And he says here, give advice as to what we should do, because he's wanting to make a statement that he's king. He's the big bad man in town now. And here's what the man said to Absalom. Watch this now. Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house. And all Israel will hear that you are abhorred by your father. 
then the hands of all who were with you will be strong. So they pitched the tent for Absalom on the top of the house. And Absalom went in to his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. A root of bitterness springing up troubles you, and by that many are defiled. Absalom allowed this root of bitterness in his life to fester, to grow. And then where we find this, where we find out is bitterness turned Absalom into Amnon. Absalom raped David's concubines in the sight of all Israel. At least, listen, Amnon, what he did was jacked up, messed up, should have been dealt with, should have been dealt with by King David himself, but he didn't do it. But at least Amnon did it behind closed doors. Like I said, I'm not saying I'm not saying that one is more egregious than the other. What I'm saying is when we allow these root of the root of bitterness to spring up through our lives, when we allow this thing, this in this righteous indignation, it's good that you're it's good that you're pissed off. You should be pissed off. This isn't right. But when we allow that to fester into bitterness, it brings about this root and it's poisonous to us and it's affecting us. And we're we we over here drinking the poison, expecting the other person to die from it. But what is that? actually happening is because of that place of bitterness, the root of bitterness springing up and troubling, when we allow that to happen, it actually turns us into the people we were most bitter toward. And it, and it escalates and it escalates and it escalates until Absalom is, uh, is running wild and, and things are going on and Absalom ends up dead, hung by his hair in between some trees by the hair of his head all because he allowed the root of bitterness like i said amnon what amnon did was was horrid it was disgusting it was filthy it was the very nature of satan himself it was vile it was vile but notice that what absalom did with david's concubines is an a hundredfold of what Amnon did to his sister. Still both, both, both horribly wrong. Both dishonoring God in the heart of God as the father. Both would not go unpunished. But what I'm saying is Absalom allowed a root of bitterness because, hey, he said there was no justice, so therefore there will be no peace. And because he didn't allow God to to intervene, he actually turned into the very thing he was standing against. Let's begin to wrap this up. As Christians, we strive to overcome evil with good. And our great greatest weapons to do this are kindness, goodness, and love. Uh, James 3, 13 through 18 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct all his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you are bitter, Envy and self-seeking in your hearts. Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly. It's sensual. It's demonic. 
That's what the wisdom was that Amnon first operated in and that Absalom yielded to. Both of them, both were demonic wisdom. For where envying and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing, excuse me, to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now watch this, verse 18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, by those who make peace. The world says no justice, no peace. God says, so peace. <laughs> God says, so peace, so it. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You sow peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they are the children of God in Matthew five with the beatitudes blessed, right? Happy, fortunate to be envied are those who are the peacemakers. What do we say in Luke? It said in Luke, let me back it up in my notes here to Luke and read that to you again about what Jesus came to do in Luke um, one verse 79 amplified version. He came to shine light and give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to direct and guide our feet in a straight line into the way of peace, not cowardice, but peace. Last verse I'll leave you with Isaiah 59, eight through nine. It says he talks about people who, who they drop innocent blood. They're going off making vengeance of their, their, their own self, excuse me, They're taking matters into their own hands. And here's what he says. The way of peace they have not known. Watch this. Now watch what happens as a result of not knowing peace, of not sowing peace first, of not turning the other cheek. I'm not talking about being weak. It takes great courage to do this God's way. The way of peace they have not known. And because of that, there is no justice in their way. The world says, well, let's keep going. Let's keep going. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way, watch this, shall not know peace. Therefore, justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. Remember, we literally just read about the fruit of righteousness being sown in peace by those who make peace. So it's not, it doesn't have to be far away from us, but you've got to sow peace. nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light and there is darkness for brightness, but we walk in blackness. The the Aramaic Bible in plain English says it this way, the path of peace they have not known and there is no judgment in their steps. They pervert their paths and no one who walks in them knows peace. Ladies and gentlemen, the world says no justice, no peace. God says, no peace, no justice. Let me read it to you again. Isaiah 59, 8 through 9 in the New King James. The way of peace they have not known. And there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. Therefore, justice is far from us. 
because we haven't known peace, because we haven't sown peace. Don't yield to to sensual, excuse me, demonic wisdom. Don't yield to that. Yield to the wisdom of God. Sow peace. That's what I'm saying. Be the change. Somebody's got to stop this endless cycle of racism, of, of profiling, of all this. You got somebody has got to step up and say enough is enough. Someone, ladies and gentlemen, has to sow peace because the world is saying no justice, no peace. But God is saying no peace, no justice. If you won't sow peace, you won't know justice. You'll end up like Absalom. Oh, it may not happen over the first year. You may do a couple of social media posts about how this is wrong, how that is wrong. But it can get to a place of extremism where next thing you know, you're taking vengeance on your by your own hands. And many are defiled because of a root of bitterness you've let fester. Just like what happened to Absalom. And he turned into the very one that he despised. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for your word. I know we're not necessarily running around the room on a word like this, but Father, we say that by your grace, we will sow peace. We will give place to your wrath. We will give place for you to go to work. We will overcome evil with good. And Father, we thank you. Lord, I ask that you help this word to minister to people, to get to the right ears of people, into their hearts, and let them see and know uh, of a truth that God is for them, that you, sir, are for them and not against them, and that we can walk into the straight path of peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you so much. Thank you so much for taking out the time to join us on Greater Than Podcast. We're in season three, and it's a fun time. It's a good time to be alive. Leave a like, a comment, a review. Let us know that the podcast blessed you. My name's Elijah Merle, and remember this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at merleministries.com. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L ministries.com. Ministries International.